hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is episode 126. My name, Trevor Long, and joining me each and every week, the other bloke, Talking Tech, from techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, g'day, mate. How are you, Trevor? Great to be with you once again. No sense of deja vu here. We should come very clean and say we, we had hoped to do this together at an event last night. In fact, we did do it. Well, we, we actually we, did. We did, right. a, we did a great show, um, but a, a failed SD card ruined the recording and basically that was an awesome rehearsal for what will be a cracker show uh, episode 126 lots to talk about um some very interesting topics and we won't waste any time we'll get straight into it two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick and i guess the 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 big story this week is quite an interesting one it's it's for me it's there's a there's a small story uh, when i say small i mean it's big drama about a couple of companies battling in the federal court but for me it's a bigger story about the future of this this market segment and we're talking here about low-cost mobile phones and um, bit of backstory here and, and some somewhat complicated but let's keep it simple Telstra big network big company and there is there, there has been no one using their network other than Telstra until you know six or twelve months ago um, they did a deal uh, with a wholesale company called ISP1 you can't buy an ISP1 sim card but what ISP1 became was a wholesaler for Telstra mobile services and they are the people that provide the the Kogan mobile and the Aldi mobile network services so essentially when um, when you're buying a Kogan sim all the back office stuff all the network things happen through a company called ISP1 you'll so remember ISP1's kind of like the middleman that's ex- that's exactly right and yep. some some months ago Kogan took ISP1 to court because ISP1 weren't supplying sim cards they were basically overwhelmed by the Kogan um, uh, setup and the number of yeah. people that had joined. Huge so, response to Kogan, wasn't it? Massive, massive response, massive response. And I don't doubt Aldi has been the same. Now, Kogan won that and they, they kind of got buddy-buddy back together and all was good. Kogan put his prices up recently. I think that was, that was always going to happen. It was a big jump, but it had to happen. But here's where it gets really interesting. Telstra have have tried to shut ISP1 down this week because of unpaid bills. ISP1 have said to the federal court, "Whoa, can you get an injunction against this against this happening?" The federal court have said, "Let's all sit down." And they ordered mediation between ISP1, Telstra, Kogan and Aldi uh, to see what would happen. That has gone nowhere and it's now going to trial, a date yet to be set. This could spell the end of ISP1, which could spell the end of Kogan and Aldi. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we should point out the fact that this. While you mentioned a few company names there, let's think about who this is going to affect. There's more than two hundred and eighty thousand customers out there who rely on these companies to connect for their mobile phone plans. That's right. uh, Including my daughter. My daughter is a Kogan mobile customer. I bought her a twelve month plan. Uh, and you know, should this go the wrong way, then that plan is in jeopardy, and that whole market is in jeopardy Mm. uh, because. If 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 you don't have that low end supply and and there's Telstra on one end trying to force ISP one out 
uh, you know, what where where are they going to go? Like we should we should remind people that this is a three G service we're talking about, so it's not the full blown four G Telstra service. So. It's. Uh, I'm hoping that the the little guy wins here, Trev, because I think, as you said, it really puts it under the microscope. This low end mobile mm. Uh, mm. phone plan business, mm. really under a lot of pressure. That that will hopefully it can withstand that pressure and come through. When I heard about this, I started obviously digging around, and uh, I I found out, and I put this on EFTM, and, and you've got uh, got details about it also at Tech Guide. Um, the the company ISP One has since indicated to some of its customers, not Aldi and Kogan, but some of its customers that, that they deal they deliver Optus mobile services through that they're actually going to move them over to another company. And this this to me is the sign of a company that knows it's about to die, and they're moving you can their see customer the base on the wall, can't exactly. It? And the the thing. I did. I had a look at a few other carries. Um, you know, the low cost end, Dodo, Lebra, um, Savitel. All of these companies used to have these kind of big end, uh, thirty eight dollar uh, unlimited calls, unlimited texts, three or four or five gig of data. They don't anymore. None of those things exist anymore. A lot of them are disappearing. So that to me, that me, says to me that a lot of these companies, Optus, Vodafone, and Telstra, are cracking down on these yeah. contracts. And they're saying, hang on, guys, if you want to be a wholesaler of our network, hey, we don't mind you selling per minute calls. We don't mind you selling per text. We don't mind you selling per megabyte. But none of this unlimited yeah. stuff. And, and that, to me, I reckon 12, 12 months, that stuff won't exist anymore. Yeah, I think uh, you're exactly right. But I think I just want to elaborate a little bit more on that email that you uncovered. Very, very good. Get that email that ISP1 sent out to their customers mm. saying that, that, well, they claim that this, that the restructure of the business, they're going to be called iBoss. So they'll be invoicing from a different company. And uh, that whole thing that, according to ISP1, has been in train for a long time. Mm. Although in that email, the, the, one of the first lines is it, in it says we've been working hard to resolve a contractual issue with our upstream carrier. In other words, Telstra. So yeah. you don't know why, why, who to believe here. Uh, whether it's been in train for a long time, the the iBoss name was registered back in December. But uh, look, it, it, it's it, it is putting pressure on everyone here. And mm. I, I've I've got a question though to ask. Why are Telstra doing this? Telstra, I understand their boost is now on on their books. Are they looking to muscle in now on this low end uh, market to take all the all the the revenue themselves? Oh, I think this is uh, this is um, Telstra realizing they made a mistake opening their network up to to low end. Um, high, high, but it is high only the three G network, though, Trev. Doesn't matter, mate. There's still hundreds of thousands, millions of people using that network and causing congestion. And but more importantly, not making money. If Telstra's not making money on that network as much as they could, then that's that's no good to them. And you're right about Boost. Boost is now basically owned by Telstra. It's a Telstra um, uh, Telstra network. It's just a sub brand, and the and the company Boost is just a marketing company that that on sells the Telstra service. It's not a wholesale agreement. Telstra that that's a very reliable service. So if you're going to do anything right now, you're going to go to Boost. And what Telstra is saying is, you know what? If you want low cost, go to Boost. If you want otherwise, come to us. And frankly, all this other stuff, it's not going to happen anymore. And I think that's what's clear to me is that this low cost end, it's going to change big time over the next 12 months. So you're saying it, sort of, it really couldn't sustain itself? Is that sort of the problem here? Like Telstra obviously seeing that the money they're kind of – well, not, not losing. I can't see Telstra losing no. money here, but not making as much money as they imagined. There's a thing that, – that, That's sort of what can't be sustained here on their part, That's right. It? There's a thing in the mobile – well, in every game, but certainly in the mobile game called ARPU, the average return per user. And it's, it's how a company yep. uh, understands and, and determines that their, that their profits are going up or their revenue is going up. And in America, the ARPU for a mobile customer is around 
60-odd dollars. In Australia, it's well below that. And I think the big three have realised they should be higher. And they're doing everything they can to get that higher. So get more out of people on a monthly basis, no matter what you're doing. You know, offer them better services, offer them more, and get more out of people. That's mm-hmm. the problem is this, this stuff lowers the ARPU and they need to get it out of the, out of the business. Absolutely. So, what Not does this mean, though, Trev, do you think for other companies like Amasim, who are Optus resellers, and uh, I think who who is, is Red, Red Bull aren't with Vodafone anymore, but these no. other companies, what does it mean for them? Oh, I think um, Amasim, so you think about these deals, they're done, you know, two and three and four year deals. They're not like they just do six month deals. I think Amasim probably are absolutely panicking right now, Rolf Hansen and the, and the guys. Um, I think they, they probably have a contract that lasts them a little while, but when that contract comes up, they may well have a real boardroom struggle to get the same kind of deal they've got now. Um, I don't know that for sure. I just that's just my uh, my expectation and understanding of the marketplace. So I think that really people that have got the deal now, great, just keep sticking with it and don't stress. I don't think it's anyone's going to have their service turned off. I think people will have their services run out. So you've paid yeah. a year in advance. You've got a year. Good luck to you. You've got a month. You've got a month, and you'll get notice that you need to change. And remember. You can change carriers in half a day. It's a very easy thing to do. We're just lazy people who don't want to. But can you <laughs> and imagine? You can, and you can port your number. Correct. You can keep your number and move carriers. Can you imagine if, if this Telstra thing goes down with ISP1 and there's 280,000 plus people, can you imagine the marketing that's going to go into Optus, Telstra and Vodafone in the month around that happening for these yeah. customers to join? Because that's a big base of customers. So but it doesn't... But- doesn't this like and and ACMA has sort of all been about the the customer having a fair go, transparent plans, making it easier for the customer? Mm. Like, isn't isn't this action of Telstra's? Let, let's say their their action is to kind of get rid of ISP one. Yeah, um, isn't this action being seen as as trying to force a monopoly, like to trying to get more people on to, to pay more for a service? Or? I, I think from Telstra's point of view, they're, they're lucky. It's being seen as them wanting a, a proper business relationship. If ISP1's unable to pay their bills, they're unable to pay their bills. Which, they, my- which they dispute, by the way. That's the whole reason for this this case. They, they dispute that claim. That's why they're going to mediation in the federal court. Look, my very broad understanding of this is that the contract itself, the physical contract, is what um, uh, ISP1 is paying to. But ISP1 had expected, had expected and done a deal kind of handshake style um, that would give them better bonuses and guarantees. So, you know, if, if a big retailer like Harvey Norman wants, wants to buy a Samsung TV, they have to buy it at the same price that a little retailer does. Samsung can't offer Harvey Norman an advantage. They can't offer a better price. But what Samsung can do, and I'm just using that as an example of a big company, they can offer incentives to, to a big company like Harvey Norman. When you sell a 1,000, we'll give you... 10 grand cash back or something. That's the kind of thing that I believe ISP1 expected from their deal, and I believe that hasn't come through. And I think that's where ISP1 is losing money and are unable to pay their full bill. And they're paying, what they're doing is they're paying their bills to that expectation. Telstra is expecting them to pay their bills on the contract. So they're basically disputing whose bill is right. Um, and that's why this will go to court, and I, I suspect, frankly, that ISP1 will lose because Telstra is not stupid. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how this one turns out. Yep, and uh, we'll keep you up to date as it happens here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, the other reasonably sized news going around this week is Apple. And uh, again, it's the whole rumour mill, but um, you've got to trust rumours sometimes. And All Things D, All Things Digital is a pretty a pretty respected 
uh, a website, blog, whatever you want to call it nowadays, um, and they they've had hot news on Apple launches before, and they've they've come out this week saying that Apple have got an announcement on September 10, which will be September 11 early our time, and um, basically now the now the rumor mill begins. If that's true, which it likely is. What are they going to announce? I think it's very, very likely that September 11 is the right date for them, Australia time. It, it, any later, and it's a real problem for them in terms of what they yeah. need to roll out this year. And I think it's very clear they're going to launch an iPhone, iPhone 5S, quality, high-end phone with some real advances in, in, in features inside, very similar look to the current iPhone 5. The iPhone 5 will stay on sale. The iPhone 4 and 4S will disappear from shelves and Apple stores. And a new phone, the iPhone 5C, let's assume it's called, um, which is a low-cost, um, low-quality, and a different word to use really for Apple, but certainly low-quality product in terms of the make of it. It's going to be a plastic yeah. phone as opposed to metal. This is a real change for Apple in terms of trying to hit two ends of the market, high and low well, cost. I think it's about time they did that, Trevor. Yeah. And and as far as the date is concerned, I think, well, it's coming up almost to a year and you got to remember they've got iPads to release later this year too and they need to get a move on because Christmas is coming up. They want to get their products in the market well before that period. Uh, but if, if you believe all the rumors... Uh, yeah, we're going to see the the 5S, uh, which you, you look back. Apple's a very consistent company. I've always yeah, said this. Yeah. You look back on their last uh, three models of phones, the 3G, 3GS, 4, 4S, 5, hello, hello. 5S. We're likely <laughs> to get it. There's no, no real dispute there. But it's the lower-end phone that fascinates me too, the 5C. Apple uh, you know, recently lost a bit of market share to Samsung. Samsung, of course, have got a phone at every end of the, of, of the market, you know, entry-level, middle, high-end. Uh, this was where they were beating Apple because the Apple didn't have a product to compete. Yeah. Well, that's going to change, I believe, with the 5C. And you'll see that uh, Apple's market share will improve. And the 5C, by the way, the C in 5C stands for color. So it's going to be a very colorful phone, different colored backs. And I do notice from, I don't know whether you've had an iOS beta 5 on mm. your device, Trev. Yep. I'm sure you have. Yep. But you'll notice, now you've got a black phone. Yep. When you power it on, it's, it's the same for you. So black screen with a white Apple symbol. Is that right? Yeah. I've got a white phone. Mm. And when I power my phone up, it's a white background with a black Apple symbol. Oh. I think that's going to be the startup screen from now on, of course, iOS 7, for all the iPhone 5C devices, which will all be various colors, that with the background of your startup screen will reflect the color of the phone that you own. Jeez. I think that's a bit of a giveaway, in my opinion, that, uh, that that's how it's going to look. And uh, the packaging was revealed. I wrote this about about a month ago. Uh, the packaging w- will look like that it's got uh, – it looked like the top was missing. So I- I'm assuming – that it's going to have a clear window on the top so you can actually look into the packaging yeah, like, and see the colour. Like the iPod touches. Yeah, exactly like the iPod touch. Uh, but, uh, and, and to prevent the 5C from cannibalising the 5S, let's call them, uh, the, it's obviously going to have a lower resolution camera, probably won't have Siri. Um, it'll still be 4G, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But the 5S will have like the – there's talk of a fingerprint scanner on the home button and – uh, a, a better resolution screen, faster processor, hmm. a number of extra features to differentiate them. Yep. Look, there's a lot to go on. We'll, we'll uh, speculate more as the weeks uh, move forward and we'll probably wrap it up the week beforehand with our, our entire 
thoughts. But just quickly also, um, unlikely there'll be an iPad there because that would take away the glosser from the iPhone announcement. What they'll do with the iPad is they will launch an iPad uh, in early October. So so iPhone announcement, September 10 slash 11. Uh, availability, September 20, 27. And iPad announcement, early October. Availability, late October, early November. I think that's pretty clear. I think yep. that's a smart way to go. It gives them a huge boost for Christmas. But we are only speculating. So stand by for, um, for that as, over the weeks ahead. Uh, and you can read more about those things at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's time to change gears, Trevor. You like that one? We're going to talk about Ford now. Ford had a huge event here in Sydney uh, a few days ago over at Fox Studios. They had something like more than 800 people at this event. So you don't gather that many people in a single place if you don't have something to say. And they did have something to say. uh, All the Ford execs were out, including Alan Mullally, the worldwide boss of the company. And basically, he was out here to not only introduce some new models, but also to assure Australia that Ford still has big plans for this country. Now, this comes only weeks after the announcement that they're going to shut down production here, factories here. Uh, but they insist they're still going to keep a pretty pretty competent engineering and design and innovations center here uh, to still develop and design for the company. One one example is the new, the upcoming SUV concept, the uh, Everest hmm. four-wheel drive that was actually engineered and designed here in Australia for the world. That's going to be a worldwide vehicle. So Ford have big plans still for, here, for us here in Australia. They also announced the new Mondeo. They showed us that. It comes out the second half of 2014. They also rolled out the EcoSport, which is like a, a smaller SUV, four-wheel drive type vehicle. Uh, and uh, they also showed some new technology as well, which I thought uh, was very interesting as well. But it was a huge event over at Fox Studios. Yeah, and the best piece of technology, given this is Two Bikes Talking Tech, is the is the is it called My Key? My uh, Key, yeah. yeah not, and this is this is not the Melbourne transport system. This is um, <laughs> this is the ability to have a key that is programmed in a certain way. And the idea here is that you give the, this this key to your teenage child, and it, it speed limits the car. It requires the seatbelts to be on before the audio works. Different things like that. It's a great idea in a terms terrific of terrific idea. And let me tell you, I've got two kids that are two teenagers on their L's, and I think this is a feature that will make parents of young drivers feel a lot. More, but a bit more peace of mind when they hand over the keys to the car. Absolutely. So, um, uh, Stephen's written a whole stack about that on his website, and you can check it out. The Ford, uh, the future of Ford in Australia, and it's not just about manufacturing because obviously they're stopping that. Um, but there's some uh, some good future here in Australia for for Ford, and uh, Stephen's got that covered at TechGuide.com.au. Now, uh, we were at this event last night, and uh, we don't spend a lot of time on this, but Samsung launched a fridge. And again, fridge, tech, what? Um, Look, Samsung's a big company, and they make a lot of things. And this fridge is enormous. It's a four-door, two folding French doors at the top and two drawers, a a freezer at the bottom and a a kind of multi-use drawer in the middle. But what's really cool about this, and I've always loved the idea and the technology behind a, a fridge that dispenses water. But I also harp back to my teen, my early teens living in Griffith, and my friends of ours had a soda stream. Jeez, we gave that <laughs> thing a hammering, and this thing's got a bloody soda stream built into it. You can make sparkling water on the front of the fridge. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a big fridge. I think, well, you, I think you took a photo of me. I stuck my hand in the front door of the fridge, and I had to reach as far as I could to touch the back wall of the fridge. It's an 890-litre fridge. Unbelievable. 
But inside the front door, as you said, is a little uh, a space for a soda stream canister so that it can dispense the CO2 to carbonate the water as it comes out. So you can choose. There's even three different levels of carbonation you can mm. choose, Trevor. If you're not a fan of the bubbles, only a little bit of bubble, you can go level one. If you like a lot of bubble, you can go level three. Mm. And you can also produce nearly five kilos of ice a day in so, this thing. So uh, if you it's love- a monster fridge. I quite like the draw, the waist-high draw. Yep. Just at kid height, isn't it? You put the kids' snacks in that little waist-high fridge, put all the, all the lollies and everything out of their way, all the stuff they shouldn't be eating, top of the fridge, they'll never reach it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very nice fridge. If you love your carbonation, uh, do check it out. Stephen's uh, already got it up at techguide.com.au. It's a $4,999 unit, um, but people in that market know that's what they have to expect to pay for these, these style fridges. But it's not just water, it's carbonated water. And you can check it out from Samsung. Uh, and it's uh, readable at Tech Guide. .com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au for all your networking news and information. Uh, Netgear.com.au. Check it out. And uh, the products they've got available for your home uh, are fantastic. And don't forget, they've got that offer at the moment where you can win one of 20 Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphones. Upgrade your home network with a new Netgear D6200 Net Gen Wi-Fi modem router. And you could be taking home one of 20 Samsung Galaxy S4 smartphones. Um, Simply purchase the router during the promo period and register your details in 25 words or less and you could win a Samsung Galaxy S4 with $899. It's a great phone and a great router to boot. So the D6200 uh, wireless AC, great router, um, well worth checking out and uh, you can do that yourself at netgear.com.au. Now, um, Dick Smith, uh, you know, very well-respected electronics uh, retailer, has changed a lot over the years, no longer, you know, selling little electronic kits, more about being, you know, everyday home electronics. Um, was owned by Woolworth for a few years recently, and that was sold to a private equity company, and that all changed hands officially only uh, recent weeks. And at that time, they, they announced that now that they'd moved on from the Woolworth ownership, they were going to expand, more stores, more everything. And I saw people saying, hey, Wool, slow down, be careful, don't ruin your money. But they're a very smart mob, this private equity mob. They've done a deal with David Jones. So David Jones' elect- electrical area will actually be a Dick Smith store within a David Jones store. Such a smart move, mate. Absolutely, yeah, and, and, and Dick Smith have had a pretty aggressive sort of expansion there. They've, they've just re- recently opened a store uh, it, at Sydney Central, right in the heart of Sydney, there, uh, just off the food, the main food court in that in that big centre there. Mm. Uh, and they've got other plans to open, I think, fourteen additional stores in twenty fourteen. But this partnership with David Jones is a very very smart move. Now, basically, it's going to be a store within a store. The David Jones Electrical Department is going to be completely run by Dick Smith or powered by Dick Smith, as they're saying. Uh, and that way, that'll give Dick David Jones customers, A, a better electrical department, mm-hmm. B, access to some exclusive products that only Dick Smith stores supplied, one being a very popular one, the Amazon Kindle, which could only be bought through Dick Smith stores. The other benefit would be for David Jones customers now to be able to buy mobile phones yeah. and even mobiles on a plan because Dick Smith will introduce that through these stores. It's going to run in 30 of the David Jones stores Australia-wide from October the 1st. So keep an eye out for that. Dick Smith, 
uh, doing well, but uh, what will continue to operate in the David Jones stores, the existing store within a store concepts, which we should explain, little Apple sections, Samsung, Sony, these are already in place agreements, probably they're going to run well into the future. They will continue to run alongside the Dick Smith setup. So at the end of the day, David Jones customers are going to have a vastly improved electrical department and have a lot more choice of products. One-stop shop, and that's the way they want it to be, and they need to make, start making more money out of electronics. So that'll, uh, that'll help David Jones' bottom line too. Good news for David Jones and, uh, and for the Dick Smith brand. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Trev, I know you like to indulge me a little bit whenever there's a Call of Duty announcement, oh, yeah. and I appreciate you doing that in this week's <laughs> episode as well. There was actually two Call of Duty announcements this week. The very last content uh, downloadable content pack for Black Ops 2 was announced. It's called Apocalypse. It'll be the final uh, downloadable content for that game. But the uh, probably the bigger news uh, occurred uh, today where we saw the very first multiplayer trailer for the upcoming game Call of Duty Ghosts. Mm. Now, November November is always the time when they release the new Call of Duty game and players like myself, we graduate to the new game. A few few players hang back and play the old ones as well. But this gave us a glimpse into an all-new chapter in the Call of Duty story. It's not another sequel. It's a brand-new story. Uh, and, and the multiplayer trailer has revealed new game player modes. Some, some, you could even play as a female. There's even attack dogs in this thing, great-looking maps, different play modes. So there's all different ways to play the multiplayer game. Uh, Good-looking multiplayer, and I'll be one of the many, many players around the world eagerly awaiting its release. Call of Duty goes multiplayer. You are one of those people that will be literally logged on at the moment past midnight that you can get home from the store having picked it up. It's going to be... Absolutely right. It'll be uh, pulling an all-nighter, Trev. The internet is normally really fast at night time, like midnight, one (laughs) o'clock, but on Call of Duty launch nights, it just, like Telstra, the network operations (laughs) centre, all these red lights go off because it's abnormal traffic, but it's okay. There's a geek everywhere, and they'll know that Call of Duty is launched, (laughs) so it won't be a problem. Um, you, You you no doubt follow all the Call of Duty news as it happens with Stephen Fennick on Twitter, Stephen Fennick, PH, or at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, while the mobile business uh, causes him enough grief uh, to keep the hair from um, from staying in, Co- Rosalind Kogan uh, has done another deal with another AFL club to launch uh, a branded TV. Now, uh, Essendon um, deflecting from the, some of their uh, not-so-happy news this week with the AFL. They've launched a Kogan TV, and this is the idea where you buy the TV, and it actually doesn't have a Kogan logo on the front. It's got an Essendon logo on the front, which just, if you're a true blue fan of any sports team, I mean, you are desperate for Kogan to bring out a Rabbitohs TV. Mate, I'll you'll replace- say it again, <laughs> Kogan. When are you going to release a Rabbitohs TV? It will sell out in a day. You would replace. When are you going to do it? Anything. If you even if you had the best Sony in the planet, you'd put a Kogan in the lounge room so that people could see pride of front and centre a Rabbitohs logo on the TV. Absolutely. But in the case of Essendon, I think it's uh, someone tweeted to me goes, "Oh, it's pretty poor timing to release the Essendon TV right now." I disagree. I think it's it's something that it's it's something that the Essendon fans can cheer. Hmm. They're they're in the middle of this this alleged doping scandal and fans don't know what the state of the team is but I think this is something to celebrate if you really love your team you know, it's it's a bright bit of news about your club rather than all this other dire stuff that's going on around it. So, Kogan is a master of timing. He's done it again. And this, this is, by the way, he's a massive AFL fan, we should point out. Mm. And this is the third 
AFL-branded TV. He did one for Geelong, and and he did one for Collingwood. Uh, Essendon's the third off the ranks. I'm assuming, because Geelong was the first TV he produced, that he's a Geelong supporter. (laughs) And Collingwood and now Essendon have got their turn as well. But please, Rosalind, if you're listening... The Rabbitohs TV would sell better than all three of these AFL TVs combined. Yeah, he's, he's showing his Melbourne bias there too. So pull your <laughs> finger out, Ruslan, and get, get cracking. Uh, you can check out the uh, Kogan Essendon branded LED TV at techguide.com.au. And speaking of TVs, we're going to kick off the minute reviews with a TV that, with respect to Ruslan Kogan, will blow anything he's got out of the water. And that's not because of quality. That's because of uh, what this thing packs. This is a 4K TV, and it's probably one of the best, Sony's. Sony, 55-inch Bravia, 4K TV. Trevor, I have to say right off the bat, probably one of the best TVs I've ever laid eyes on. Uh, Absolutely magnificent picture quality, uh, terrific upscaling of content as well. Not a lot of 4K content around. But what I really like about this TV, it places as much emphasis on the picture uh, as it does as well, a lot of emphasis on the sound as well. The speakers are there, plain to see on the outside of this TV, magnetic fluid speakers, which allow the speakers to be smaller yet produce as, as large a sound as traditional speakers, which which is really good. It would have been a little bit unbalanced having this unbelievable picture and pretty crappy sound. Sony have really nailed the balance there. Pretty simple design, but the performance of this TV picture quality is second to none. Dynamic LED lighting means great contrast, terrific picture quality, uh, and also color reproduction, natural skin tones. This is really, really one to behold. Um, It's got its smarts as well. None of the gimmicky gesture, voice, and other other stuff on board. There is smarts like, you know, you can watch YouTube, Facebook, tweets, TV tweets on board as well. You can download the odd app also. But uh, look, true quality, top to bottom. Uh, Sony's got a hand in the 4K story from from the movie set all the way to the lounge room. They've got a studio behind them, so they they know the 4K story every step of the way. It's not a cheap TV, 5999 for this 55-inch. The 65-inch is 8999. So if you're really into a great picture quality, if you're a real cinephile, You'll be happy to put down your money. Everyone else may want to wait till this gets a little bit cheaper, but boy, the quality is unmistakable. Check it out. Pictures and full review at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I've always said that the future is your wallet in your smartphone, but you're telling me it's the other way around. Well, mate, this is this is a product that's a lot cheaper than our first product that we spoke about, fifty nine ninety five from Australian company called Toffee, a case and cover manufacturer. Now, people are more likely to forget their wallet at home than they are their phone. Would you agree? Oh yeah, for sure. This will put them both into the same into the same unit, so that you're not going to forget anything. The fold wallet from Toffee, available in black or tan, has a pocket for your iPhone five, as well as uh, pockets for all your credit cards and room to put your cash. So in my case, I put my phone in one pocket, wallet in the other. With the Toffee fold wallet, it's all in one. So you can have only one pocket taking up the space. And even with the phone inside, I have to say, it's no, it still maintains a pretty thin profile. So it's not like putting the big, chunky George Costanza wallet in your pocket. This is a, a nice, slim wallet that puts everything in one. You can still have your headphones attached even while the phone's in the wallet too. They've thought of everything, but you still need to take out the phone to make a call. You're not going to be one of these people with holding a wallet to your head to make a phone call. 
Very nice. Toffee. And uh, you can read more about that and you can see the pictures at techguide.com.au. And that's a wrap. That's another show in the can, episode 126. Thank you to Netgear, netgear.com.au, for their ongoing support of Two Blokes Talking Tech. And to you, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. We should talk next week. Yes, we do. Look forward to it, Trev. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Uh, my name's Trevor Long. You can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick, PH, and I'm at Trevor Long. Talk to you next week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.